Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba, and joining me as always is Steven Jodoran and Armand Kafai. On today's show, we discuss the comments made by New England Revolution manager Brad Friedel on whether or not MLS players are equipped to deal with pressure and debate if promotion relegation makes sense for not only MLS, but U.S. soccer as a whole. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. Please make sure you rate review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get to today's episode. Fellas, how you guys doing? Oh, doing wunderbar, Jake. How are you doing? What the hell does wunderbar mean? What is that? Yeah, what is that? What is wunderbar? That? What what word in the English dictionary sounds like wunderbar? Wonder kid? Oh my god. Wonderful? Wonderful. <laughs> Jake, you Well, I'm at Jake Watroba. Everybody just go. I don't mocking. even know what just language starts... what language is that? German. Okay, well this is Uncle Sam's American soccer podcast. Yeah, and a uh, majority of Americans uh, well, not a majority, but a lot of Americans can trace their lineage to German. German immigrants. Like our our guest on our previous show, Jermaine Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure you listen to that interview. But he's full-on German. German-American. It's a little different from, you know, your grandparents. All right. I'll let it, coming I'll over. Let it slide. I'll let it slide. Armand, how you doing? You're in a library. What's going on with that? Yeah, dude, I'm in a library. I was doing some work around UTD, but you always have to record the pod, so I'm here. I'm thriving. A little more quiet because, you know, I'm in a library, but you know how it is. That's how we do. Yeah, and you're also being arrested currently because your take on Minnesota United is just flat out wrong. Look, man, I bought the hype from all the other MLS beat writers. I'm like, oh, loons are going to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, BS. I hate y'all. <laughs> this is... 
This is why. Wow. Armand took I the cheese. Yep, I I took it. I took it. I was like, oh, they're gonna be spooky. You know, Ozzy Alonso, Kevin Molino, and then they lose to the downward spiraling Revs. Wow, that was a terrible game. I watched all of it too. Oh my god. I did too. I did too. And as a matter of fact, I. Oh, that second half was pretty tough to watch. Vito Manone, man, come on! How do you get? How do you pay Tam for a keeper that just flails his arms like that? That's a, come on. <laughs> that's not. That's this ain't it, Chief. Well, let's let's talk about the Revs a little bit. Uh, Armand, you've alluded to it. They are a dumpster fire of sorts right now, and they won yesterday against uh, Minnesota United two-one. But Stephen Brad Friedel had some very interesting comments earlier this week uh, as we got closer to their match against the Loons about the pressures or lack thereof players in MLS face. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the big quote that sticks out in the Boston Globe is the mentality of a player in this league, a lot of the players, when they lose, it doesn't hurt enough. There's not relegation. They don't get fined. They don't have fans waiting by their cars. They don't have people beating them up. They don't have the pressure they have in other leagues. And Armand, you and I have been saying this for as long as we've been doing this podcast. That there's no pressure on these guys? Yeah. If you're asking me if I or ask me kind of like agree with Friedel's take, like is that what you're asking me? Yeah, do you but agree like, with Friedel? I don't. I don't. Oh, controversy! Finally, on the show we have controversy. I don't. I do. I dude, agree with Friedel. This, this guy, this, dude, there is pressure though, to a degree. It might not be the same as your club is going to go down and you're not going to have the finances to pay off or whatever. But like, dude, they don't need people waiting by their cars and beating them up. Like, what kind of stupid thing is this, dude? Here's the pro. Here's the thing. The revs. Some, he thinks some of them don't work hard. I think the Revs don't have a game plan under Friedel. I think they're kind of just running around with chickens, their heads cut off. They got, uh, I guess, I mean, they figured it out a little bit against uh, Minnesota, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it has anything to do with promotion or relegation, to be quite honest with you. I think you're completely wrong. I think managers take it seriously. You've talked about it in your articles. I think, was it Reggie Cannon? That, that spoke about not wanting to play the youth because managers are so concerned with results. But I yeah. do I, I do think in large part, Friedel isn't necessarily wrong here. There's simply not enough pressure from the – let's just begin it with the fans. Do you think fans walk away from FC Dallas when they lose, Armand, and they're pissed? Jake, when the Loons lose, are fans pissed? genuinely pissed to the point where they st- I know you've done this personally but to the point where these fans are screaming and shouting Lagos out Dan Hunt out Kraft out Friedel out whoever it may be Heath out is there a, a a large enough contingency of fans to put the pressure on the club because yeah maybe there's a there's a select few loud supporters but generally speaking I don't think that people go home pissed like you do in other leagues. Yes and no. Like you said, there are small factions of the fan base that are very loud and vocal about their thoughts and opinions of the club, the front office, the head coach. But for the most part, I almost see, especially when going to games, it's almost just like it's an event. It's just something people do. People are just there. They're there to hang out almost like a 
a baseball game. I mean, I'm sure you two have been to baseball games. You might not really care what's going on. You're just there. You're hanging out with your friends or whoever. You're drinking beers, walking around. You're not really there to watch what's going on. So, yes, there are a small faction of the fan base that shouts Lagos out or Heath out. or And I'm sure this goes for FC Dallas, too, and Armand can speak to this better than I can. And, you know, those people are vocal on Twitter. Those people are vocal in the stands. But I don't think those people make up a big percentage of the fan base. I mean, but what what are we saying? What are we saying is pressure, right? Is pressure not making the playoffs? Is, is, that, a lit, is that a litmus test in MLS at least? I, mean, I, I don't I think, I, I think that's I don't some know. pressure, to be honest. I don't like, think making the playoffs – is really the deciding factor. I think it saves your behind more so than anything. It looks better than being in the playoffs. But what good does it do now finishing seventh place and then losing to the two seed first round in? I mean at that point it makes there there's honestly no difference. You play one extra game and you get you get maybe a playoff bonus check. I don't know what how contracts are necessarily done in MLS, but that's a that's it. There, there's not this opportunity to say, ooh, if we make the MLS Cup, there's a chance to get hot. It's not like CONCACAF Champions League means anything. I get Brad Friedel's point because he's also with the Revs. And I think, Aron, you're right. The, the, under the Revs, what direction does Friedel have? None. I, I don't, still don't quite necessarily understand the hire by the Revolution. But come on, guys. Robert Kraft... The Kraft Ownership Group has not done well for the Revolution. Yes, I get it. The Revolution have gone to five MLS Cups. They've lost every single one. They have one U.S. Open Cup victory in 2007. But generally speaking, in U.S. soccer, what excites fans? There is no CONCACAF Champions League for players to play and, and, and get their butts into that competition and make it look better. There, there is a structure within MLS that says, you know what? Mediocrity is not the worst thing. It's okay if we suck. But, I mean, if, if it was, it's okay if it sucks. I mean, why would you get a guy like... We, we saw what Jason Christ get fired last year. We saw Ziggy Schmidt resign, which, I mean, honestly, it could have been a firing. We're not, we're not sure. God rest his soul. We saw the uh, Earthquakes coach get fired. We saw Carl Robinson get fired. If there was no pressure, and these and Carl Carl Robinson was the eight was the, in the eighth position in the Western Conference, he was only two spots away from a playoff spot. If there was no pressure, then why would you fire these guys? Wouldn't you say, oh, let's just go back and let's go back and uh, we'll just wait another year? I still think there is some sort of pressure. I just feel like what Friedel is attempting to do is motivate his players, but also remove a little bit of the pressure off of him because. He he's still in the heat a little bit. I mean, you obviously don't get good, good results. I mean, your first result against Dallas is pretty good. A lot of them have been pretty bad. That result against Cincinnati was embarrassing. Um, to be quite honest with you, if you're a Revolution fan, you you go through that and you're like the FCC side that's you know with you know international breaks depleted and they beat a full strength ref side. Like yikes! I think that was part of his ploy of he wants to remove the pressure off them because I think he knew how bad of a result that was. But, I mean, going back to the whole pressure and promotion relegation, I just want to say I, I just feel like the playoffs are like a solid litmus test. And sure, what, 54% of the league makes it at this point. But what about the other teams? The other teams that don't make it, 
all of a sudden you got eyes looking at you like, mm, am, I, am I good enough? Will I be here next year? I'm just saying I think there is some sort of pressure, but obviously down the magnitude of your club is going to go down and, you know, they can't pay the expenses and they might go down to like administration at some point, like not that level. I agree with Armand. There is some pressure, I think, that we use promotion and relegation as this end-all, be-all thing to say, look at these players don't know what it's like to, to play with their backs against the wall. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Armand, and Steven, you, maybe you know this as well, but aren't most player contracts in MLS kind of like a one-and-one type deal like they had, like some NBA players might yeah. sign where the club yeah. can pick it up? Yep, yep, a lot, a lot so, of them are. I mean, like, draft picks don't even have their contracts guaranteed. So when you have players, a good majority of the players in the league who aren't making millions upon millions of dollars, and they're, they're not they're – not, wealthy compared to other american athletes couldn't you say that they need to perform well or else their contract's not getting picked up next year and they might be playing in usl and making fifty thousand dollars or whatever the average usl contract is no i mean you're not wrong jake i think that's a, a fair point but the problem is have we seen it do we see players go a hundred percent every game i don't think so but you can say that in any sport, though. Right, right, but think about it. In any sport here in America, LeBron James is sitting out the remaining part of the Lakers season. Why? Correct. Why? Because he suffered a really bad groin injury, and they didn't perform well when he was out, and now they're out of the playoffs. So what's the point of Bro, so what's playing the point? LeBron James? So, exactly. So... The mentality there is like, well, what's the point? There's, We're not gaining anything from playing. I think players look at it the same way. Uh, I'll take tonight off. Eh, three points. We're in the fifth seed in the standings. No chance of yes, catching the I fourth think, seed. I, I, think, I don't think you can go. I, I get it. Not every player is going 100%. 100, you know, 100 is giving themselves 100% of the time for every game. That That's just not possible. But... If you were to give max effort, or if do we genuinely see players give max effort? And I think that's a fair criticism to to be airing out there. Now, I do want to piggyback off of something Armand said, and I do think this is Brad Friedel making excuses for the lackluster performances of the revolution. I think his point makes sense in the offseason, but this is a ton of excuse blaming right here. This is just... This is poor coaching. I think this is something you should say internally. This, guys, I think Brad Friedel is looking like the door is going to hit his ass on the way out shortly. I mean, the the big thing with with with, with it is is usually as a coach, you like kind of defend your players, but you kind of go after them like you know in private, right? Like you said, Stephen, like kind of like you know like okay, it's on me. Like we had a bad game, it's on me. But you know, in private, I say hey. You guys need to step it up. Like, we can't have results like this. This is not good enough. You know, but usually what you see, at least from what my experience is, you see the coach saying, hey, um, you're taking responsibility, but, you know, like having, you know, accountability for his players as well. This is just a straight out, like, these guys aren't trying. And he's telling the media, hey, we had a closed door meeting about the lack of effort. It's like, okay, so you have a closed door meeting or you're just going to tell the media they had a closed door meeting but the lack of effort they had. Like, like I understand this full-blown attack that he's doing on his own players. 
Um, because, I mean, you can't be cultivating a good soccer environment there, especially you play in Gillette Stadium turf. There's no fans. The team loses a very critical match in front of, like, 5,000 people. Is that the best way to get a good environment? Or, or is it going to be toxic by the end of the year if you're going to keep pointing fingers at each other? Guys, let's let's move the conversation to this letter that was submitted to FIFA that was signed by over a hundred clubs within U S soccer calling for promotion and relegation. Uh, the letter was delivered to Carlos Cordero as well as FIFA president Gianni Infantino and other leaders of the game. The letter essentially calls for a system of promotion and relegation in line with FIFA's requirements elsewhere in the world and refutes the idea that the prospect of promotion and relegation is a dissentive to investors. Uh, the letter writes, despite major sporting progress since 1994, the failure rate of clubs and leagues across U.S. soccer's landscape vastly exceeds any other country in the world. Dozens of team owners from multiple leagues have seen their investments go to waste, and hundreds, if not thousands, of players have seen their potential unrealized. In global soccer terms, this situation is unique and the evidence suggests is a function of the exceptional nature of our closed model. The letter was submitted by Chris Kessel, the president of the West Side Soccer Club. Guys, I want to get your thoughts on this letter. I want to ask you guys first, do you think this will force FIFA to throw the book at U.S. soccer and MLS and say, hey, you guys need to open up the system? No. <laughs> I No, not, not at all. Not at all. No. Like, and I mean, for a lot of these things, like economically, they're saying they're losing money and stuff like that. Now, why are they putting the putting money into something that they know they're going to lose? Just saying. Well, no. Here's the thing: is I don't know if the letter is going to do anything. It's going to get an uproar from fans, people on Twitter, follows listeners, Unc Sam Soccer Pod. I don't know if FIFA can necessarily put the pressure on MLS because MLS is tied up with its owners and the owners are going to do what's best for them. Now, guys, Grant Wall had some comments on this on Planet Football, so let's see what he had to say. At the recent FIFA Council meeting in Miami, FIFA President Johnny Infantino and his board received a letter signed by more than 100 lower division soccer clubs in the United States making their case for FIFA to require U.S. soccer to institute promotion and relegation in U.S. pro club soccer. Major League Soccer, the U.S. top flight, is a closed system, and I get asked all the time about my thoughts on promotion and relegation in America. So here they are. One, I would love to see promotion and relegation in the United States. I enjoy watching it in other countries, and I would love to see unambitious MLS owners like Stan Kroenke of the Colorado Rapids suffer the consequences of that lack of interest in his team. Two, I would rather see MLS owners incentivized to introduce promotion and relegation by a business deal that they accept rather than be forced to by a court case. I'm hoping that Ricardo Silva, the Miami-based media mogul and soccer owner, will reintroduce his offer to pay MLS billions of dollars for their TV rights in exchange for adding promotion and relegation, but that he does that when MLS is actually closer to renegotiating its current deal that ends in 2022. 
And three, I don't think promotion and relegation in American soccer would be some sort of panacea that suddenly makes MLS one of the world's top leagues. I've covered this sport for more than two decades, and I've seen so many silver bullet solutions that I know there isn't one single thing that will fundamentally change the soccer culture here. That said, I would love to see promotion and relegation happen. MLS is not in danger of folding anymore. Let's find a way to reward the initial risk taken by MLS owners and the work that has been done, and then let's see about taking the next steps. I don't think MLS needs promotion and relegation to survive, but it would be a net positive for the league and for the sport here. Guys, Grant Wall here presents a very pragmatic solution. The question is, do you think MLS owners are are thinking in this direction? No, why would they? Yeah, why would they? Well, I mean, I mean but what what he goes on to say is that you have to incentivize these original owners and, and kind of give them a return on their investment and be like, here, maybe maybe you pay them off. It's like, here's your lump sum, and now we have promotion relegation. You just you pay them off, and then they can't complain about it. Where's the money coming from for this payoff? Well, you, you get, I mean, here's you the get thing. Silva's here's the thing. $4 billion if, and you distribute it that way. I mean, the deal is yeah, coming too, up. Too his company doesn't exist anymore. Too bad his, deals, his company doesn't exist anymore. Well, I know. Like, I don't know why. It's, the it's funny thing up. is Grant Wall talks about it, and I just wonder what, what, what yep. he's going to do. Yep. If the money isn't there, I, I, he, he talks about it being a business solution. And, yes, I think fundamentally to implement promotion relegation is a business solution to the soccer pyramid. The problem is, where's the investment coming from? Would anybody actually want to invest in MLS and their TV rights? Guys, their TV ratings has been god-awful. Some of the attendances and promotion and across the league have been god-awful. I don't think promotion and relegation would even solve that problem because it's not that the, deep of a problem. The, the problem <laughs> with ahead, these pro-rel people... Okay, here you go. At Jake Watroba. I don't even care. Let's do it. <laughs> Come at me, hashtag pro-rel for USA. The problem with these promotion and relegation people is they think promotion and relegation is like this one bullet solution to every problem that MLS has and every problem soccer in this country has and every problem the Federation has. Promotion and relegation is not going to magically make 3 million people or however many million people tune in to a Sunday night game between RSL and San Jose. I'm sorry. And if, especially if these two teams were, quote-unquote, in a relegation battle. Not going to happen. Promotion and relegation isn't going to make little Tommy, you know, nine-year-old Tommy from Peoria, Illinois, pick up a soccer ball and go, oh, there's promotion and relegation. I better learn how to kick a football around and get, become better at soccer. I just don't understand how we're going to – implement promotion relegation and that's going to solve every problem we've ever had and that's going to make viewership go up and make interest go up in this country it, it's not it's not going to do that and, and these owners are coming from other sports where there isn't promotion and relegation there's no pro rel in the nba there's no pro rel in the nfl you really think bob Kraft or the hunts or arthur blank are going to sign off on blake might promotion relegation blank might i think he no why just there's there's because no he gets reason. it. He wants he wants Atlanta no, United he, to be top. He does not. Yes, but yes, he wants Atlanta United to be talked about. Do you so how does he make think, Atlanta? 
But here's How does the he thing. make Atlanta United better? Or talk about more. Bringing in bigger and better players. Promotion and relegation does not mean you just you get to bring in bigger and better players. But what if what if what if there's a deal that you say, okay, pro rel, but you get to invest more in your squad? Rather than three DPs, you get five. Okay, great. So now all of a sudden, Stan Kroenke, if he wants to protect his investment, can go and spend all this extra money on the Colorado Rapids. And now all of a sudden, I have more competition to, to compete with. And if, you know, God forbid, two or three of my DPs get hurt, and now I'm in a relegation battle, like how does, how does that... How does that, on a business standpoint, make sense for any of these investors? And I, I, I get it. I'm sticking up for the billionaire owners, whatever. I mean, come on. I mean, if, if you were to say, yeah, everyone gets five DPs. Okay, well, if everyone gets five DPs and now there's a fear of relegation, well, now all of a sudden you have these owners who, who didn't care are suddenly going to care because they want to protect the investment, so they're going to try. I mean, I just, I just don't understand how – it's just going and to make the league better. It's, it's, and this is a bad thing. Tell I mean, me it's how not a that's bad a bad thing, thing. But you, it's not a bad thing. But if you, you're, they're not going to magically increase the amount of money they can spend because there's relegation honestly, involved. Honestly, probably you might see more of a teams like you know, like some teams are now they don't use all three DP spots; they use two. So I mean, you might see teams use less, you know, and maybe take more of that money. Like, let's say you get a four billion dollar deal. Let's say you get all, that money. Um, split out you might I guess keep some of that money and like you know use it as like revenue and stuff like that rather than investing into the squad and here's another thing too for a league that is so dependent upon ticket sales in order to keep its head above the water you really want a team to get relegated and then all of a sudden we're gonna call up a I don't know pick a team from USL championship any team Uh, Louisville City Louisville City how many people are under how many people come go to their games 8,000, 10,000? Like 10, yeah, th- th- that's going to oh, be 20,000. Okay. They'll when? double that their first several New games. York City, you, New York City was supposed to have a stadium five years ago or how many years ago it was, and we're still playing Yankee Stadium. Yeah, but Louisville's building a uh, stadium. What happens? What I, I, saw, I saw a video from Tormenta. Follow uh, Jason on Twitter at Home Sweet Soccer. He posted it a couple days ago. They had like 2,000 people there. What if Tormenta climbed the ladder and you have a 2,000 people sitting at an MLS game? Jake, do you really think 2,000 people, only 2,000 people would show up for an MLS game if Tormenta somehow climbed the, the pyramid? Where are they playing? Where are they going to – did you watch the videos? There was, it was yes. literally <laughs> a small high school football stadium is what, what the equivalent of what they were playing on. <laughs> they had one stand and they had people standing on the sidelines like around the – are on the field. Jake, it's like, it, I get it. it takes I get it. Promotion relegation is fun. It's fun to watch a relegation battle. I'm not here sitting I'm not saying I hate promotion relegation, but no one wants to look at it on the business standpoint of anything because I I I, I don't know why. I don't know why no one like why, why everyone just thinks oh this can just work, no big deal. No big deal. Let's just do it. Let's implement it. Whatever. If your team goes down, no one cares. It'll be fine. Like we live in a country where these minor league teams in any sport really don't get supported. So you all of a sudden think that if the Chicago Fire got relegated, which they probably would because they're terrible, uh, if they got relegated, that all of a sudden the city of Chicago or the people in that area would give a damn about them? No, they'd go under in like three like, in like three years. Well, no one would give a rat's ass. You know what? Let's let's see it happen. Let's see. But hey, what Kingston Stockade. Let's get him in the in the MLS. Kingston Stockade. They'd look great in MLS. They would. I don't see a yeah. problem with that. Let's get him up here. Let's do um, 
I, I do want to talk about MLS attendance for the last 30 seconds here because we brought it up and I looked up the numbers as you were ranting on. And there's an interesting trend. See if you can follow this with me, guys. And I know March 31st, it has not been good weather. Okay, fine. Check back in three months. We'll see it. I doubt the numbers change that much. But Chicago Fire, average of 10,537. Uh, Colorado Rapids, average of 11,800. New England Revolution, average of 12,207. They've all played two games so far at their home stadium. Columbus Crew, 13,809. Houston Dynamo, 14,326. FC Dallas, 15,354. New York Red Bulls, 15,365. Philadelphia Union, 15,817. And then we get into DC United and this numbers start to around 17,000. But guys, this list of the Fire, the Rapids, the Revolution, the Crew, the Dynamo, FC Dallas, and New York Red Bulls are all, apart from one club, what? Terrible. Awful. Yeah, you guys are wrong. Originals. Houston Dynamo, non-original team. But to no surprise here, these clubs are struggling with their attendance. I know. And you know what make it better? Promotion relocation. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to championship. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting number to follow. I get it. March 31st, the weather has not been nice in some of these cities. But... It's a cause of concern. Cause of concern. Listeners, give us a follow on Sam Soccer Pod. Give us your thoughts. Promotion relegation. Give a shout out to Armanka Fai, who is in the library at Armanka Fai. At Jake Watroba. Promotion relegation is stupid, according to Jake Watroba. And uh, follow me. Your- I did not say that. <laughs> yes, you I did. I love promotion relegation. Uh huh. At Steven Jodder and. And until tomorrow. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.